everybody. Welcome to episode 265. It was an honor to have Aaron Berkovich on the show. He is the host of the Hip Hop Hustle podcast. I encourage you to go check it out when you're not listening to mine. He's a good dude and we had a really cool thorough conversation. We talked about what got what got us both into podcasting, our passions for hip hop, and overall what our goals are for the future. He's a really awesome guy. I'm a fan of his podcast. I made sure to drop a link in the description. And as always, make sure to leave a five-star a five-star review. Uh, subscribe to both of our podcasts. You know, let's, let's make it happen. Anyway, enjoy the interview and have a great day. Peace. Perfect. We have merged. All right. Thank you so much for coming on the show, brother. And to the listeners who do not know, this is the host of the Hip Hop Hustle podcast, Aaron Berkovich, if I'm if I'm getting that right, correct? Yeah, that's it. Aaron Berkovich. Hey, hey, thank you. You know, I, I appreciate it. You have I, you have an awesome name, and um, I know you you have the Australian accent. So, like, whenever I do podcasts, I really the big thing I, I want to do is not fuck up names. But uh, yeah, I, I just want to say thank you for coming on the show, and I'm a fan of your podcast and your perspective. And to my listeners, I encourage you to go listen to his hip-hop hustle podcast because I think that he covers a lot of great aspects of hip-hop, such as lyricism, production, and the overall grind. And um, that's why I'm I'm super excited to have Aaron on the show for us to shoot the shit and just get into how we got into podcasting and hip-hop. Appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, a similar struggle for me, you know, there's lots of, different artists especially in hip-hop with different and 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 like challenging names so uh, i definitely feel that struggle of just getting names right i think i've butchered literally uh close to 50 percent of the names i've had on my podcast so i think you're not the only one who struggles but man yeah i appreciate that you you like the show um and yeah same here like i think hip-hop podcasting is the next uh, kind of the future i mean you've been doing a little bit longer than i have but um yeah it's it's great to to see multiple podcasts uh, begin to take off, dude. Yeah, and like what I love too is I remember when I was listening to your your podcast. I first started early on. What really sold me on it was a uh, your review of um, Black History Project by Sahai to Prince because that project to me is such a overlooked mixtape. And I would go on YouTube and I, I would barely find any reviews about it. Barely find uh, a lot of people talking about it. So when I heard your commentary on it and I saw the, the title, I was like, oh, shit, this guy knows what's up. The thing is, I can't take all the credit for it. So this is when, so for, for those of you who don't know about my podcast, it used to be titled The Slim Fitty and Biggie Committee Podcast. So I still have it out there because I still think it's like an important part of what we used to do. But um, the one of the co-hosts, Danny, it was actually his choice of an album, so I can't take uh, credit for the choice, but I still, literally to this day, still listen to to the tracks. I still believe that the run in terms of uh, Napoleon, um, in terms of, oh, um, oh, I can't remember, but there's a three-track run. You might remember there's a three-track run in there that is probably the best three-track run across any album. It's unreal. Like, just lyricism, the beats, it's just it's just absolute fire. Gosh, I wish I could remember, because I remember Napoleon, and it's, it's like one of those things where it's like, I wish I had, like, that 
a Jamie to pull some shit up, but yeah, it's it, I it's it to me like just the fact though that you you were willing to like do a podcast about it, like that's that kind of stuff I salute because it's like you know I think a lot of um hip hop shows can kind of fall victim to the flavor of the week kind of shit, but I really do appreciate you guys saying now let's dig in the crates, let's go on that piss. That piss to me is the shit. So the fact that y'all were willing to take something from that piff and talk about that, that that's some good shit. And plus that mixtape is just full of so many good tracks. Like I, off top, I could think of Mandela, Guitar Melody. Uh, you said Napoleon, which is like full of so many fucking double entendres, similes, metaphors, etc. Like I think, you know, again, like yeah, I, but, I, yeah. I, it's amazing. Yeah, that was the, oh, it's, I'll tell you the run. It goes from the intro, like it goes from like the prelude into the intro, then it goes Huey, Mandela, Napoleon. Those that run of like the first three tracks of those three tracks back to back has to be one of the strongest three run tracks like ever. Because it's they're all five stars. Plus Bastia, plus um yeah, guitar melodies probably my favorite instrumental on the whole album like yeah oh, i can't speak highly enough of that album i think if they were to re-release it and put it out to the public today like on itunes or something like that you know they could take off the dat piff uh audio stuff but i don't know it's it's one of those things where i definitely consider that a sci-high album because of how cohesive it is and and you know and it sounds like an album like it doesn't sound like a mixtape at all like, he's got skits, he's got an intro, he's got an outro. Like, it sounds like it was really professionally done. Like, that was the thing we were, I still remember talking about it. We were all saying that it doesn't sound like a mixtape because it's so good. Um, but, yeah, I agree. I, I Like, I'm so disappointed it's not on Spotify or iTunes because, like, I would play that all the time. Yeah, yeah and, it, and it's... You know, it's wild. Like, my personal opinion is I really love No Dope on Sundays, his uh, debut album. But personally, I really think um, if I were Kanye West and I, uh, if Sci High played that for me, I would have said, Sci High, are you gonna, you're going to release this for free? Are you crazy? What? Like, it's, I am so surprised. Like, the labels, like, they, they heard that and they said, yeah, just hawk that shit. Like, I, I'd not like hawk it, but you know what I mean? It's like, wow, like, it is. It's such an album quality project, and I remember during your podcast, you made up a good point about the skits and how the skits they weren't too long. And I've had an issue listening to certain albums like Dave East. I love Dave East, but sometimes he puts these long ass skits on his album, and I can't do it. Yeah, I have big problems with skits on at the start of tracks because I can't skip it. You know what I mean? Like you ruin a song with a minute skit because like there's just it's just annoying to listen to. Like, I love the track Kick in the Door by Biggie, but the skit at the beginning, I'm like, this, I can't be bothered listening to it. So DJ Premier, Biggie, two of my favorites in hip-hop history, but that skit is so frustrating, and I just wish it was it's either its own track or it's at the end so I can just skip right past it. I... I I agree, and especially like I'm thinking about some skits on the Biggie album, <laughs> all ready to die, and uh, I'm maybe I'm thinking about I think it's track ten, but there's a certain skit that every time I I skip it immediately because it's pretty much just Biggie having sex, and the girl is like yeah, saying you oh, smell yeah, like pickle juice. <laughs> <laughs> <So wild. laughs> 
<laughs> listener, sorry. <laughs> yeah, like go listen to that if you want to fuck your head up. It's it's something in hip hop like I love it, but it annoys me because the, the first time I'm like that's okay, and then after a while I'm like I don't need this, like it's too much. Like, it, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I can't really comment on it because I'm not an artist, so I can't really explain the mindset of why you put in a skit, but. Sometimes it works cohesively where it like teaches you something or it like transitions to the next song. I understand that, but then sometimes it just feels like I don't know they were just feeling it and they decided to put it in. No, I I completely agree. Like I do think certain albums. I think Eminem did a good job of making the skits separate, like making the skits their own track. That way you could skip them because if you go back to those first Eminem, the couple of Eminem albums or. Uh, you know, even Biggie albums, like, you can skip the skits, but then when you go into Kendrick Lamar's Good Kid, Mad City, you know, I think the skits, they, they work. I don't know how to put it. I feel like there are points where I'm like, oh, it's a, a skit, but I feel like with Kendrick's Good Kid, Mad City, it kind of negates it, and it works because of the story, but other times, it, it really just depends on the artist and the project. You know, it's it's wild. Yeah, no, I agree, and there's actually a skit we also reviewed Southern Underground by the Cunning Linguist, um, and they have some skits in there that work as well. Um, they're they're still, the ones that I would still listen to. So it, it just depends, but I think that for the most part, like it's rare that there are skits where you're like, yeah, I'm going to listen to this all the time. 99% of the time you skip them for sure. <laughs> Dude, it's, I was listening to the, the Big Crit Forever is a Mighty Long Time project, and they have a he has a skit where he makes fun of skits. It's kind of funny. Like he, it's literally the skit is this guy saying, "Man, this album has uh, three songs and twenty skits. It's a classic." <laughs> like, and, <laughs> so I like, I like, I like that self awareness. Like, shout out, shout out to the homie Crit. Like for that, like, cause it, it's, I don't know, man. Like, I, I, I think I'm like in this mood of like talking about mixtapes because. I know part of the reason I got into hip hop and rapping was because of uh, scouring my on Datpiff and finding free music, and then I had this realization: wait, anyone could upload a mixtape, anyone can, and then that's where I it sparked a lot of interest. So whenever people talk about mixtapes, I think it's it's one of the most purest things. Where I I I just feel super passionate about it because to me it's one of the most pure forms of hip hop. It's I'm just gonna make this for free, throw it on out. Yeah, I like. It's weird to me because there are some mixtapes that I think should be albums and there are albums that I think should be mixtapes where I'm like, you released this too quickly. Like, you need to go back and you need to actually work on it. But, like, going back to Sci-High, that's something that we discussed was, like, I, we don't understand, we didn't understand why it took so long for Sci-High to get released because he's, he's a genius. Like, he writes for, for Kanye and he does so much. Like, he's known as a ghostwriter, but like his actual skill as an artist is underutilized and underutilized to this day, I think. Oh, dude, so very true. I mean, like the fact of the matter that like it took so long for people to learn that Sci High wrote Sicko Mode. I, I I think Sci High has ghost written so many hit records. I think that he has been behind a lot of songs, and it's one it's a travesty that um you know people aren't giving him the credit he deserves because. He could make thirty sicko modes. He could make he he could make um, a million beautiful tart, dark twisted fantasies. I think he's one of those guys. He just 
he has like a golden vault inside of his brain and heart. I don't know how to put it. Yeah, and to be honest, if you haven't checked it out as well, he also does a performance on uh, Sway in the morning, and he performs uh, the three tracks, or I think four tracks from um, the Black History Project, and he knows it word for word. Like, he didn't just sit there and write it. He performs it. Like, he knows it off by heart. It's like all part of him. So everything that he does, yeah, I've been a big fan. And his metaphors and his wordplay, like, it's all insane. Like, it takes me multiple listens to pick up some of them like it's it's actually crazy like i'll be in the car listening to a song to have listened that i've listened to for like years and then i pick up another metaphor another word play that i didn't pick up and i'm like how did i miss that to begin with yeah and that's what you know like everything you just said like and that contributes to what makes something timeless where you can revisit it and you still learn something new and I find that even with movies, like I'll watch old movies I like, and I'll pick up. Oh, oh, that like, it's it's because I think at points the brain can only take in so much. So you need to spread out, um, you need to spread out the process. That's why I I like I could never be like, oh, I'm gonna review an album after listening to it once or twice. I think people, I think music and albums especially, like you need to sit with that thing for a couple of years. You know, you need to like understand it, and then even if you don't like some tracks, you got some skippables like. There has to be something to it, and like that's that's the point you touched on. I think the the good writing is a big contribution to what makes something timeless. Yeah, well, look at you throwing a bit of shade on our reviews because let me tell you, we did not sit with them for a couple of years, but uh, we definitely had to listen to them. But like, I'm I'm just playing. I don't care. No shade, brother. No shade. (laughs) I'm just playing. But but, you're good. Yeah, like I I think uh, I think yeah, like. It's it's tough, but, but I mean, it's all personal taste in the end. So like, I never begrudge like you'll do something, and you'll if you go back and you listen to some reviews, that we'll probably all have a go at an artist and just absolutely tear a song to shreds. But um, it it has nothing to do with that artist. It's literally just our opinion on it. So like, the the other one we did was um, oh. Oh, I always, I can't, I can't remember anything today. It's, it's one of these days. But we did another, uh, another review of a classic album. I'm gonna see if I can stall while I find it. But um, yeah, and and that's a classic album that that people love. But yeah, for whatever reason, myself, Danny, we we weren't fans, and that's just how it rolls sometimes. Like, it's not, it doesn't have anything to do with like whether we like the individual. It's just you know, taste is taste. And, you know, I, I completely understand where you're coming from because you could have um an era or a classic era. Like, like for I kind of have an unpopular opinion where, you know, certain, like, albums from the early 2000s up to, like, maybe, like, 2000 to 2004 that some people might consider great, I don't really like them that much. Like, um, for instance, like, Jay-Z's The Black Album. I really, I like the album but it it doesn't connect to me as much as like a in my lifetime volume 2 and that that album Jay-Z fans might be like oh that's my least favorite so it, it's kind of weird how taste can can come into play where you know one man's trash is another man's treasure like some person might think in my lifetime 2 is trash and i love it and i'm not i like the black album this is not trash at all but i feel like on that album like there are just certain songs i can only pick like a handful of songs i really like you know yeah, 
and that, and that that is part of what makes hip hop so good is because there's like so many different variations. Like it's hard to really uh, turn around and go, oh yeah, that one was bad or that one was good. Like it's it's at in the end, it's whatever you like. That's what it is. Like that's what you should be listening to. Yeah, and and that's what like makes up like these barbershop debates and why it is so fun to just shoot the shit about it because at the end of the day it's like nothing's really personal and no one should ever get their feelings hurt about, you know, liking a musician. Like because it's okay, like I can admit, like, as much as I love the, the voices, the sci highs, the Aesop rocks, you know, these crazy dope lyricists, the King Losis, I can admire a little Uzi. I can admire Playboy Cardi and I can respect what they do because you know, it's like for every, um, you know, you got to have people who go against the grain. And at first when, when mumble rap was happening, I'm not going to lie, I was definitely really against it. I was one of those, like, that damn near the mad rapper about it. But the more I thought about it and the more I saw these artists evolve and get better, I just started to chill out and realize, like, no, it's just it's the business of things. It's how it goes. But there's always going to be great lyricism. I don't think great lyricism is ever going to go anywhere. Yeah, well. Yeah, it's weird because I'm like, I'm not sure how old you are, but I'm 27, so I'm in the middle of those eras. So, like, I love, like, traditionally I love 90s and early 2000s. That's, like, where my heart is in terms of where hip-hop is. But I will say that, you know, the the new sound and, and the trap sound is, is dope. Like, my only critique is that the lyrics are sometimes a bit shit and that the... the Beats can get generic, but it's but it's the same with you know boom bap. If you give me a generic boom bap beat, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna like it. So it just the same message applies. You just got to keep it unique, and you just got to make sure that you're putting out music that is representing who you are, not just trying to get famous. Exactly, and that's that's the pitfall and the trap of a lot of things where people get into anything, music, sports. I was actually talking to my girlfriend about this where when I started rapping, man, it wasn't fucking cool. When I started rapping, it was not cool in high school. Like, it wasn't cool where I'm from to rap. And then I, when I got out of high school, I noticed that the same people who were hating on me doing my shit, they, they wanted to, to rap now. And it, and part of the reason is because they saw it, it came with, oh, you can get lit, you can get drugs, bitches, whatever. And it made me scratch my head because I'm like, do y'all realize like how long it takes to actually get good at recording music? Like the the hours it takes, like the the frustration, the doubt. Like I think that's the thing where I was coming from. Where if if people want to do this, you know, and you it's it's one thing if you want to make a certain kind of music, but I think it's another thing when your intentions are just selfish. You know what I mean? Yeah, I 100% agree with you. That I mean. Like, in every industry, once it gets popular, then people are into it. Like, that's just the way it rolls. But, um, yeah, the album that we reviewed, Midnight Marauders, A Tribe Called Quest. And I'm probably going to get a little bit of hate here, but I'm not a fan of the project. It's just not my type of hip-hop. And I know it's a classic album. And I know that, you know, Q-Tip, Five Dog, like, they are icons of hip-hop. But it just didn't hit me the right way. And I just found their their rhyme schemes like a little bit too boring like they were like dr zeusy is the way i can put it but yeah like i said each their own like that's just my opinion on it 
Yeah, and at the end of the day, it's like I think the Tribe Called Quest, they went through so many phases, and each of their projects went different. So, like, for you, maybe that project wasn't for you, but you might like beat Rhymes and Life more because it, it just had a – I think that album was underrated. It actually got poor, some poor reviews, but I think it was a solid project. And I completely I – can, I can see what you mean about Midnight Marauders. I don't think your critique is, is so far off. I feel like in hip-hop, like, you know, you have coveted – you have, like, coveted projects, right? And with Midnight Marauders, you know, people – you know, when they have their, their heart in something, like, they'll they'll take it personal. But, I mean, I get it. You know, I, I enjoy the album personally, but I do see what you mean as far as some of the critiques. And I, I think, like, the development of what they did, it's they have so many projects where I think they have multiple classic albums. I think, uh, what is it, uh, high-end theory, low-end theory? Uh, like, I think that's a great album. And, you know, when you have uh, such an expansive group, it's okay to be like, eh, this isn't really for me. This project's not for me like that. And everyone should be allowed to have that. Like, because I have some unpopular opinions. Like, if I were to say, um, like, for instance, that, like, I, I'm i not the, like, biggest fan of a certain, like, I, I think, I don't think, like, oh, here's here's a good one. Sorry. I don't think Illmatic is you not the I best do. album. Oh, that is an unpopular opinion. I think you're going to get more hate for that opinion. You actually saved me a lot, I think. You're exactly. I'm, I'm, I'm taking the bullets for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so all the listeners who were upset about Midnight Marauders, listen to me. I don't think Illmatic is not – I've said this like 30 times on the show, so it's nothing new. I love Illmatic, mind you. I fucking love Illmatic. I love it. And that is not a diss in any way. I fuck with Illmatic till this day. But do I think it's his best album? No. But that's just that's just an opinion, and it's okay if if people. I kind of want to take away like and and kind of get some of that that hate on me because I love the debates. I want to tell them I like certain albums better. It's it's fun. Do you know what it is though? Like I think it's coming from you know my my background. Like I'm Australian. I was I've got like, like Eastern European parents. Like I did, I found hip hop. Like it wasn't like hip hop was passed down to me so it's listening to midnight marauders in 2020 when we reviewed it it didn't have the same impact because it didn't mean as much to me i can understand where like if your parents love it and you know you grow up and you listen to it and and, and it has that emotional connection then obviously it means way more so like i get that part of it and that's probably a part that that i'm missing is like the the legacy is still really important of what um what they did on that that project like it set up a lot of hip-hop groups to be able to do what they did so you can't take that away it's just in my opinion it just doesn't hold over time yeah and, and that's that's a fair opinion like because you know what you just said does hit the nail on the head because you know, there are certain albums that I really love and when I think about it it's partially because there are memories I have attached to them Do you have one? Do you have like an album that sticks out? That's like an iconic album just for yourself. Just for me? Oh hell yeah, yeah. You know, I think uh, an iconic album that that sticks out for me. Um, I'm I want to say Kendrick Lamar Section 80 because I remember this was around the time uh, Kendrick. Let's see, I think this was like right after he dropped Section 80. I just remember being on iTunes as a kid. I had some money. I said, well, who's this Kendrick guy? So I check out his music. 
and the I just remember just kind of like falling in love with the album, uh, the the story behind it. And this was at a time when I was trying to become a rapper. So I, I kind of like was listening to the album, like training, like, oh, I'm going to like, like this is serious music. I got to train. I got to listen to good rappers. And I think I had a lot of memories associated with, I was listening to the album and I was just working on my craft, writing a lot, just trying to get better. And I always considered Kendrick Lamar such a benchmark, uh, uh, a bar to look at of like, okay, this is what a, a dope MC looks like who can make good music. Yeah, that's very cool. It's prompted so many questions that I have for you now. Like, look, at the, the problem is I've realized is that we're both podcasters. We both ask other people questions. And so the natural instinct is for both of us to be asking each other questions. But if you don't mind, <laughs> I'm just going to go ahead. Um, yeah, I love it. Feel but, free. Yeah, no, we're shooting so, shit. <laughs> so where does, like, podcasting and actually rapping fit for you? Because I say all the time I'm not a rapper. That's not my skill set. Like, I'm a fan. But I'm not ever gonna turn around and start writing my own rhymes. And the only way I can describe it is like I tried to write a rhyme for like the intro to my podcast. And I sat down. I literally could not do it. Like I just, I was like, well, it's it's a sign that I should not be a rapper. So I just, <laughs> I just said whatever I say now. But yeah, how does that fit in for you? Because you're obviously an artist, but also a podcaster. Well, yeah, you know, it's thank you for asking that. I appreciate you, man. It's a great fucking question. This is why, like, you're good at what you do, man. You know, you know the right things to ask. Um, yeah, yeah. For me, um, I think because I, I was a, I want to say I started writing in 2010. I started writing raps, but I was never confident enough to spit them. I want to say I was 12 years old around then, and then around 2013, uh, tw- actually 2012, I recorded my first rap over the ways beat by joey badass and it was it wasn't good <laughs> you know it definitely wasn't good <laughs> and uh it wasn't good and, um but um you know i just kept grinding and uh my time throughout like and then from there up to 2016 i put out 10 projects 10 mixtapes on that piff i ended up taking five of them down but uh if you want to go find my old music i, I used to go by chase the mc uh, C-H-A-S-E-T-H-E-M-C, the letters. And uh, that was, if you want to see my old crappy music, whatever, that's there. But um, I call that my training <laughs> wheels era. That was like me getting my training wheels. And, you know, and I, I, became, I started podcasting. I started the podcast November 17th of 2017. And it was somewhat after Little Pete's death. And I wanted to talk about uh, certain things regarding drug culture and hip-hop. Um, I've had people very close to me who were addicted to heroin, people close to me who were going through drugs, drug problems, because where I'm from, Salem, Oregon, it is it is so rampant with um, methamphetamine usage, heroin usage. So I felt like personally I had to say something, you know, and just kind of give a voice. And I, I felt like me being a rapper, I feel like um, I, I could I could talk about certain things from a more, uh, just a different perspective. Like, like when Little Pete passed, there were a lot of negative people talking down upon him, saying it's his fault he died, he's a piece of shit, like terrible fucking things. I, I mean, just reading comments, talking to people, people would be very harsh on Little Peak. And I was like, man, and I'm not a fan of Little, I'm not like, I mean, I like some of his music, but I, I by no means was like a huge, you know, listener. But I just felt like people were very hard on him. And because of that, that, that ended up, that, that kind of was the, 
catalyst to me starting a podcast because I was tired of people saying shit without warrant and not really knowing enough. And I started the podcast to just express myself and, you know, just, just to show respect um, to people who uh, in hip-hop who pass, who, who pass on to the other side, and to talk to up-and-coming artists who don't really get the chance uh, to go on big platforms because it's it's tough out here. And, and through this podcast, I've been able to forge uh, connections, talking to awesome people like yourself, and it's been a blessing. And uh, not to go so far off track, but, yeah, I think I think me starting music helped me because it helped me get comfortable with the microphone. It helped me become more comfortable with my voice and being myself. But um, the main reason uh, doing the podcast, uh, why I think it works in conjunction is because, you know, I, I'm never trying to, and, you, and I know you, you're cool. Like me and you, we're never trying to make people look bad. We're not looking for a clickbait uh, title. We're just trying to talk to people, have a good time and, and just uh, express our love for the culture and that's where I stand at the end of the day. Like, I, I just want to express my love for the culture of hip-hop. And uh, just, you know, if people feel it, they do. And if not, then it's all good. It's all love, you know? Yeah. Like, your journey sounds so, so interesting in comparison to mine. Like, I just like talking. That's just my secret to success. I just like talking to people. But, but dude, you're yeah, from a different like, country. You're from Australia. Like, you're from a place, like, that has, like, animals that can kill you. Like you, you have an interesting story, bro. Like you're from, uh, you know what I mean. And I'm, I'm just a guy from America. Like, like I, I haven't ever been to Australia. Like I want to know about your journey and uh, how you got into this. Like, um, because hip hop is from America. Like, how did it, how did it get to you? And like, how do you feel like, um, hip hop culture has affected how you see, has affected how you see life in Australia? It's weird. Like, so. Yeah, it's it is weird that hip hop plays such a big part in my life. So, in for, from my perspective, and like you know, when you say you know, thank you for coming on your show, I'm like, look, your podcast has been around for for four years. This is this still hasn't even hit fifty episodes on mine. So, um, you know, I I'm more the other way around where it's a blessing. And and to be honest, I'm always thankful for any artist that comes on my show. You know. Every time they say thanks, they say yes. I'm like, really? Like, are you sure? Like, that's <laughs> just my internal monologue. Like, but um, anyway, I'll, I'll get off topic all the time. So you you might have to like drag me back. But oh, oh no, yeah, that's all for, good. For me, no, I like this shit. <laughs> I like I like the banter. The banter to me is the most important part of this. Like, you know. Well, that's why. Honestly, that's why I don't plan my podcast. Like, if you listen to it, if it like, and I'm being a hundred percent serious. I'll research the artists, I'll research their music, but I don't plan questions. It's just a policy that I have because it forces me to listen. And that's, that is why I do it the way I do it because I don't like having a checklist. So we'll talk about whatever we talk about. I might ask a few questions that sound the same, but overall it's going to be organic like this. Hell yeah, and I'm with it. I did that like... You know, and I used to actually prepare quite like I would prepare like outlines and like, oh, we might talk about this, but yeah, I, I never would want to make anyone feel like, oh no, you better like like jump to this and this and because it, it kind of makes it less organic. How you said it, it's also less fun. I don't like the idea of having the same podcast every week. Like, I don't like the idea that the artist knows what I'm going to ask them because it's boring, and then they're just like, yeah, answer question answer question like we all see those interviews on tv and it's just generic trash like that's not what you want especially in the long form 
Like, if, yeah. So that's just my opinion on it. Like, I just don't, I personally don't like listening to it. So there's no way I would personally do that type of content. Yeah, no, most definite. And the other thing is, it's a, yeah, it's a robotic feeling. Like, if you watch an interview with um, whoever it may be, I don't want to drop names, but like, you know, whatever generic shit. It's you just kind of walk away like okay the artist didn't enjoy that I didn't enjoy that the fucking interviewer didn't enjoy that either like what was the point of it? Do you know what it is? It's like the, the three minute radio interview. It's all the same questions. It's all like tell us about this project. How was it? When is it coming out? How are you feeling? Done. Finished. There. You don't really get anything. That's why like those you know I, all sway in the morning is so good because they have a conversation. And he's like an originator in the craft, but like, you know, podcasters like Joe Rogan, he just talks for for like three hours. I don't know how he talks for three hours, but the the formula of just keeping it kind of free flowing is really important. That's a, that's a good factor, and like, yeah, Joe Rogan, like, oh man, I'm I'm very thankful you brought up how long I've been doing this for shit. I look at Joe Rogan, that man's got like. 1700 podcasts released are all like over two hours like i'm like yeah like there are so many benchmarks and stuff and um you know um how you put that like is perfect because i think joe rogan uh sway uh sway from sway in the morning even big boy like these people have shown different ways to do interviews and and not even they don't even call it an interview they just call it a conversation which is it takes all the pressure off everybody thing is like some people you have to interview more like some people aren't as natural like as especially as an artist like artists you get everybody so some people aren't as natural you have to ask those questions but then you get some where like i'm not asking any questions we're literally just talking like this like we're literally just going back and forth like we don't have to ask questions we'll find the next topic eventually even though you asked me a question and now we're on a different topic i'll come back to, to the original question at some point yeah, no, that's a good point because I've had guests, you know, where I felt like, okay, like I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to keep like the momentum going on this because they might not be as talkative. So I got to try to bring that out of them, or uh, you know, I just try to make them comfortable, you know. And that's why, like, before every podcast, I let people know, hey, you got final cut. Anything you don't want to be released that you say or I say, whatever, we can cut it. I, I just want to take the pressure off and just let let them know, like, I'm not out to get you. I'm not like, you know, we're not trying to be DJ Vlad, no disrespect, a little bit, but DJ Vlad is out here. He's trying to get people 10 to 25, you know what I mean? Like, we're just out here trying to shoot the shit, have a conversation, and I think that's the thing, like, like rappers are just, you know, like, I, I'm not out here trying to ask people about their, their criminal history and shit. Like, you know, who wants to do that shit? Uh, you're, you're a lot nicer than I am, because I don't give my guests final cut, but um, yeah, yeah. I've like I've asked guests about you know their time incarcerated. I've I've asked those questions. So, I mean, I if an artist is not comfortable, they'll tell me. That's my theory on it. Um, and I just ask questions, and I never go into details. Like they're never going to explain what happened. Oh, yeah, but no. It's an important part. Like so, if, like I've spoken to guests who, and I'm sure you have too, have been incarcerated. And um, yeah, it's it's an interesting part. I spoke to someone today. Um, Mayweather um, so just a sneak for, for what will come out but you know he was incarcerated we spoke about that and the mindset and I've spoken to a few of those artists but I think it's about 
the aura that you provide it's not a like you can tell the difference between someone who's trying to trick you into answering a question and someone who legitimately is just interested in who you are and interested in your journey oh no i, I completely agree with you i believe it's it's 100 percent how you do it and yeah no i don't i don't take you for some type of guy who's going to put out leading questions and uh i've had conversations that uh you know i've talked about a lot on this i've talked about race politics uh I've had a guest come on and, uh, you know, talk about real shit, you know, regarding the racism in America and prison culture. And I actually recently, um, I had a friend who was in jail, uh, over some, some BS, uh, he was wrongfully, uh, imprisoned and he finally got out. But, um, I, I, I completely respect you. And by no means am I out here. Like, I know you're not DJ Vladding, like in any way, brother, like, I know you're not like, I've listened to your podcast. You're a good guy. And I like you're a good dude, and and like I said, if if something is a part of someone's story, by all means, you got to ask about it, you know. And it's all just about how you do it, and just knowing you, like you don't seem like the type of guy who's like, oh, I'm trying to build up, do that. No, you're cool. Like you're just, it's just a natural conversation. It's part of their story. We got to talk about it. Do you ever like? I appreciate the compliment, but do you ever find like do you, it surprises me how open people are. Like, do you ever find that you'll ask a question, you're like, damn, that's personal, but they're just very willing and very happy to talk about it. Like, it surprises me, especially some personal things, like they're talking about their family and stuff like that. It always surprises me. You know what? It, it fucking does, you know, because it's, um, I'm going to be completely honest, like, you know, from the artist's perspective, I mean, I've done maybe like, it's crazy. I've done all these podcasts, but I myself have only been interviewed maybe once or I think just once by a friend on his podcast. Shout out to my boy who is VGT3. And I opened up about some things, but I mainly just talked about the music and the music mainly explains uh, my more personal things. I, I have asked questions and um, I've, I've talked about things with people and I am always surprised. Like for instance, uh, I uh, I talked to somebody about just like the the struggles of um I I asked them about just like the struggles of uh running you know your music career and having a team and and they were very honest like they opened up about how like they had a bad day and like they yelled at their team and then like they 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 had to learn some shit and then they got humbled so it was really interesting for me to ask that and then for them to have such a an honest. Um, very forthcoming, open perspective where they talk about a time where they were out of pocket and then they had to kind of get checked. And when they're telling, I'm like, they're telling me this honest thing where like they had to get some advice and guidance. I always take that in because I'm like, wow, like they didn't have to do that. Yeah. It, I, yeah. I think it's more of a credit to the environment you create that when they're open and they're they're willing to share those details, that you've done the right thing. When an artist is more closed off and and not as open, that's always a, a check for myself to be like, I haven't done enough to make them feel safe. And like, it's a weird thing to think about, but that's what we have to do is make them feel safe enough and make them feel like they're talking to someone they trust rather than someone who's just using them for their own benefit. Oh yeah, big facts, man. Like entirely, like because it's it's very much. I I think artists are sensitive to energy, and I think you know they deserve more credit. They might be a lot better at sniffing out bullshit. So if if we were like, for instance, when we show up to do a podcast, if 
if we come across in genuine, we're going to get called out. So it's it's like when we do our shows and stuff, um, I do think um, that being uh, very transparent, being transparent is important and just letting people know like, hey, I'm not, I'm just here to have a convo, you know, and, uh, you know, it's going to lead where it leads. But as long as it's honest and we don't have any bad intention, it's going to be okay. I mean, the good thing now is that you have enough, like, history in the bank. Like, you've got enough episodes for people to check it out. To a certain extent, I've got a similar thing where now now that it's 50-plus or around 50, there's enough credibility there for them to be like, okay, I can see the work that you put out, that you're not here to, to fuck me over. Oh, yeah, yeah, you know, and, and that's and that's true. Like, it, it comes with time, but... I think you you having 50 podcasts like that's impressive like like to me I think getting past the first 50 is the hardest thing you know when you're pod, like I'm going to be completely like you you did you like getting past the first 50 podcasts like that's 90% of it because if you can get past the first 50 then it's kind of smooth sailing you develop a rhythm you know, you learn more about yourself and you, you, you just, again, you're picking up the ropes and stuff. And uh, I'm still learning new stuff every day. Personally, I still am looking for ways to improve my show. I mean, there are so many things I want to do to improve my stuff. I, I, I need to improve my YouTube, improve my et cetera. So I'm very, you know, self-critical and I do appreciate the compliment and everything regarding uh, how long I've been doing it. But yeah, it's, it really is like a matter of um, just like the consistency. Like we're just going to show up, be consistent. And then everything else will kind of show and prove. And I, I think you're doing a great job because when I listen to your podcast, all of your guests are comfortable. All of them are happy and they're, they're excited to be on your show. So I, I go through this imposter syndrome where I feel like, damn, why does so-and-so like they want to come on? I go through that as well personally. And I just want to let you know, man, you're doing a great job uh, as someone who's been podcasting for a minute. Like, listen, I've made my mistakes. I've, I've definitely had my fuck ups and stuff, but, uh, you know, I think you're doing great, and you're and you're you have a strong start, bro. Like you have a strong over fifty podcast, man. That's that's impressive. So just know you're on the right path because it's like I see you. You have a good professional like setup. It's you're you're on point with your social media. Like there there have been so many changes I've had to make uh, for my podcast. I've had to change the logo. It's, it's I feel like I've had like two different podcasts. Like I'm not gonna lie. So it, I, yeah. I appreciate it so much, you know. Thank you, man. No, anytime. Well, like I said, uh, I mean, for me, it's like, you know, I've I've already had to change podcasts because I used to do it with my friends, so I've had to change logos as well. But, yeah, like now, you know, I'm setting up a home studio, so I want to be able to get guests in person once travel opens up because of COVID. But, uh, yeah, I think that's the way forward. you just got to keep thinking about that, one percent every day how can i get that little bit better yeah no and that's the thing like it's i i it's a dude i'm not gonna lie like it is tough for me to go and listen to my own podcast like it's whenever i hear my own voice i'm like i want to shoot this guy um (laughs) i'm not gonna lie to you i don't listen to it after i edit it after i've edited it and i've gone through it i don't listen to it again so I do have a limit. Like I won't once it's released, I don't actually listen to it again. But yeah, I think it's something. I mean, I think I've gotten over it. I used to be really bad, but just because I make myself do it, like I'm editing week in, week out, just make myself and just I'm looking at my face and hearing my voice so often. Uh, yeah, it has to get to a point where I'm just it got to be okay with it. 
Yeah, you're right. And, like, that's the thing. I haven't even done the video podcast yet. I think it's going to be interesting because uh, next month I should be getting my new podcast studio and I should be able to start doing some video uh, audio stuff too. So so pretty much the listeners next month, you should be able to see my new revamp podcast in the studio. Hopefully that will all be set up. And when I do get my studio set up, my friend, you're going to be one of the first people uh, to come on for sure. Like we got to do this again. And I'm not saying we're done yet. We've got, we got some more talking to do, but I, I, uh, yeah. I'm just very thankful because it's like, yeah, like it's dope that we get to talk about this behind the scenes shit because it's, I, I honestly, dude, I'm not going to lie. I haven't met another hip hop podcaster I could talk to. So talking to you is awesome because I feel like we can relate on like a lot of the same things. Yeah. No, I, that's cool. Cause like I, you're the only hip hop podcaster I've ever spoken to. So you're, you're one of one as far as I'm concerned. But yeah, like honestly, cause for me, the, I, the, I actually decided to do zoom like, because I like seeing faces. Like it's just that it adds to, and even if I, and I, used to not show any of it now i do like sneak peeks with like the videos and stuff and i don't release the videos but the the whole point for me is like if i can see your face and i can see your smile and if i can see your expression it makes it easier for me to pick up the vibe and be able to like you know add and i can smile and i can you know nod all those things that helps that experience for the person there so yeah man video i think just changes your ability to just add onto it it gives you a little bit more tools to be able to be like yeah now i'm gonna nail this because i can actually read the body language as well yeah i know and and it's also just been such a long road of um i'm not gonna lie to you dude i've like uh, i've used the anchor app like you know, i've recorded podcasts in my home with my nice mic i've, I've done that i i would uh there would be times where i would schedule out my week okay i'm gonna do a podcast here i'll edit it this day i'll record it on my laptop but there was a point where I was like overworking the podcast and I was literally, uh, I used to work at this uh, car lot called Lithia on my lunch break. I would go record a five minute podcast, <laughs> a 10 minute podcast wow. maybe. And, and literally like I, it was, it was good for getting reps, but looking back at it, I'm like, man, like this is some like straight up like ghetto rig shit. Like I'm like, I'm like, like honestly, there are some podcasts. I I even I think I even did a podcast while driving on the freeway a couple of months back because I just had to get it done. I'm like, oh, I got to do. It. So there have been points where I'm like, okay, this isn't the most professional thing I've done for my podcast, and I'll have super professional sounding stuff. So I like to think I provided a mix of content. But I'm so excited to get this the the studio and everything because what I love about your podcast is you have the visual and audio element, and I feel like it just adds this legitimacy. So I'm going to feel a lot better once I have a studio, but it, it's been a journey, and, like, that's why when you're telling me, like, about your um, everything you're doing, dude, you are good. You're on the right path. Like, it was like you are, you're kicking ass because, like, the fact that you have a designated setup, you have a designated – uh, area to work, that's where it's at because, like, in these past few years, you know, life happens. I've had to jump around, move. You know, it requires certain things, but yeah, man, like, I think you're on the right track because it's like you know what it takes and you're 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 making sure that, like, you're uh, you're putting the right details forward, you know? Yeah, man, no, I appreciate it. Look, I've got a lot of people in my life that support me, and, uh, yeah, to be honest, it's not at my house, it's at my mom's house. And uh, yeah, so I'm, like I said, I'm, I'm also building the studio. So 
that room is literally her her study, like where she works, and I just have managed to get the right camera angles, and I bought a mic. But um, yeah, uh, probably around the same time as you, it's going to be revamped, and we're going to have actual proper places and and the gear. I spent like I don't know, the podcast equipment is so expensive. Once you actually start spending money, it's like oh God, um, it's like never ending. But yeah, you have to drop a few Gs to get anything good and get the whole setup. So. Uh, but yeah, it's all worth it in the end. It's all like I'm all about the grind. Like I'm all about, and maybe my brother will, one of my brothers will disagree, or maybe both of them will. But I'm not a patient person, so um, yeah, that's why you'll always see me doing stuff. I'm always tinkering, always trying to make new changes. Like I'm just not very patient, so um, I'm always going to be hustling, and and that's where like the name comes from, and and it works with like the hip hop hustle because. I love hip hop and I love to hustle and it just suits the whole industry as well. Yeah. And, and the thing is, everything is genuine. Like, that's why it's like, you know, it's, it's a journey, man. And it's like, we just got to enjoy the journey because at the end of the day, it's like, we're going to be, we're going to get more successful in our field. It's just, you know, patience is something that I got to work on too, because I, I go through that these days where I'm like, Oh, well, how come I, I'm not getting enough views here, there, X, Y, and Z. But at the end of the day, it's kind of like we're building up, you know, we're building more ammo, you know. Each podcast you do, man, that's an ammo. Boom, one more in the bank, one more in the bank. You're, you're making those deposits, right? And the more of those deposits you make, it's going to add up. And the next thing you know, it's like you're, you're going to have a million uh, followers, 8 million subscribers. And, like, that's how it goes, you know. It's, it's just not, like Rome wasn't built in a day. And I, I think that what you're doing with your show, I like the way you structure it. I like the way you do it. And I think that you have a lot of, like, for instance, man, when I started my shit, I didn't have any idea what I wanted to do. And with your podcast, I feel like you, you had an outline. You had an idea and a plan, and, you, and you're sticking to it. So I think you're on a, on a great track because it's, it's natural. I can hear it in every sense. Like, I hear um, how passionate you are about hip-hop. And I respect you for coming on here and, like, just saying some real shit. Like, saying, like, yeah, I'm not the biggest fan of Midnight Marauders. I think that's awesome because we know for real that's not not because hey and by the way I'll take the heat again I don't like it I think I don't think Illmatic is Nas's best album but these are the conversations that need to take place. Hey man, to be honest, uh, the you know the social media algorithm. If you get negative comments, they actually bump you up. So uh, please show show your hate. I don't mind. It's not going to change anything that I do. But but uh, but um. <laughs> Yeah, I wouldn't man. mind some hate uh, yeah. shit. Send some hate my way, people. Send me the Nas hate. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like yeah, I don't know. It just just came at the right time in my life. The the podcasting and um yeah, like I, we had a vision to begin with, and then obviously the vision changed. But um yeah, I'm, I'm a big believer in setting goals and and achieving those goals and you know i do little things like some people will say to me like um and some people will say like how many views do you get and to be honest i really don't look at the numbers at all i because i used to and then i got obsessed and i would check like every hour so i stopped looking at numbers and then other people like you know if you make it work and i say no 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 i correct them and i say when because it's the language it's like the thought so i always believe in when like it this will come like it'll be successful you will be successful you just got to use the right language and have the right beliefs so i don't believe in it i believe in when it'll happen 
do a big big facts because I mean, just everything, like, you being from Australia, and you, you don't even know, man, like, I think hip-hop, I think Australia, like, from what I know, y'all y'all show up for hip-hop. Australians show up for hip-hop. I've seen concerts on YouTube. I, like, y'all show up for hip-hop. I want to say that about the Australian people. Like, y'all fuck with hip-hop, and that's real, and that's awesome. Like, that's what I love about this shit, where, like, hip-hop is spread worldwide, when, like, where me and you, like, I'm from Oregon, and, and you're from Australia, but we're connecting about one thing, and that's music and podcasting, and that's that's why I love this shit, because, like, we, it, it's been able to bridge the gap in certain areas, and, like, you, you uh, talking about how, you know, you believe in when and not if, that's awesome, because it's like, it, it really comes down to that, because the fact of the matter is this, you're doing it, you're staying active, I see you, I see that you're, you're constantly uploading, and that's that's awesome because I've gone through like lulls where I haven't put podcasts out and I've had times, and to see to see you grinding, bro, it's motivating. And I just want to say I appreciate what you do because it's it's you you're very you're very like open and honest. I do appreciate you just talking about how people can be because I know what it's like to have someone ask me, oh, what what numbers are you pulling this and that, and it's like you know I I I, I could obsess about numbers. And it, it can be tough where people are trying to, you know, try to make everything a pissing match. Like, oh, what numbers do you get, et cetera, et cetera. But that's not why we do this. We don't do this to have a pissing match. We do this because, A, we love this shit. We're passionate about it. And we'd be doing this whether we were making money from it or not. But And, B, we are going to make money from this. Like, our podcasts are going to become really strong businesses within these next year, within the, within these next couple of years if we just stay consistent. So, I have total belief in you and myself, and I believe that there is enough for everybody. I believe that this world has enough for everybody to eat, for everyone to be creative in their own field, uh, if they so choose to be, because some people aren't. But I do think that what you're doing is spectacular, and, you know, just keep keep doing your thing, pushing forward, because it's like, it's it's all love on my end. Like, I, I want to see more people, more podcasts on a on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, talking about hip-hop and covering shit I like. And I like to listen to your podcast because, dude, like, I can't listen to my own podcast. Like, that's A, it's narcissistic, and B, I hate my voice. So I want to go listen to other podcasts about hip-hop. And I I stumbled upon your show, and I got to say, like, I'm I'm a fan of it, and you're you're really good. I just want to let you know that you're awesome, and you're going to get far. Like, it wouldn't surprise me if – in a couple of years or a year from now, you were on Shade 45, bro. Interview. It really wouldn't surprise me. Well, I appreciate that, man. Like, that uh, that would be very cool. But I was, I was actually going to ask you, like, how did you find the podcast? Because from, like, from my – like, I've had people message me, like, artists, and they, they, they found the podcast. And, like, from my perspective, like, I'm like, how? Because – it's not the biggest podcast in the world, yeah. And like you said, like it's Australian, like it's not the the usual podcast. So I was like, how did you come across it? Well, I was just on Instagram, and I was like, I you know, I was looking for content. I was like, listen, I I don't want to just go on YouTube and just support the biggest channels. I want to I want to find some I want to find some podcasts with some cool perspectives. And I want to I want to just see what's out there. So I went on um. I went on Instagram and I and I typed in uh, hip hop podcast and I think yours I think yours was the first one man so I clicked on yours and I just was like going through your page I was like looking at some of your snippets I'm like oh this guy's legit 
And then I went on uh, my I, my uh, podcast app on Apple, and I was just like, okay, nice. So, so I went, I started listening, and I just appreciated just how dope it was. Like, it, it brought me back to, you know, um, you know what it, it reminded me of? Your show reminded me of Dead End Hip Hop, where it was just people talking about music, and it wasn't business-related because there, there are other hip-hop podcasts where, to be honest, all they talk about is fucking numbers, who is selling the most, who has the most streams. I don't give a shit about that. I want to talk about the art and listen to a listen to I mean listen to people talk about the art. So I stumbled upon your podcast and I heard how passionate you are about the art form and that sold me on it. And I'm like, oh, this this is a guy because you know, well, like I, tell I said, you what, that is probably one of the best ones I could ever hope to get to be compared to dead end hip hop. And the other two, my two best friends who I started with, they're big fans of dead end hip hop. So they're going to be very happy when I tell them. That, that is the feedback that we got. So, uh, man, I don't know how, but you're, you're making my head very, very big. You're gonna, <laughs> you're gonna be careful. You're gonna have to throw some shade and get me back to back to reality. Otherwise, I'm gonna start walking around with a with a big head. We'll start. We'll start like the podcast beef to help market. You know what I mean? <laughs> we're like, oh, Chase and Aaron are beefing. Ooh, podcast beef. Like Joe Budden and William yeah. Long. Uh, <laughs> no, um, but no, like I, I. Uh, I I um no I mean that because uh I remember being young and I would stay up I would like listen to music and I would stay up uh watching dead end hip hop them argue about music talk about it and I I love that shit because it it just adds to it you know it's fun it's not no no one's getting their feelings hurt and at the end of the day it's, it's opinion um and I I really enjoy uh just just the banter like I said I'm about banter even if it's like sports banter. You know what I mean? Like, I don't always want to hear about numbers. I just want to, you know, have a conversation about what do you think about this? Oh, I don't know. Like, blah, blah, blah. Like, I enjoyed your show just for the reasons I, I enjoy anything. I just want people to be into what they're talking about. Like, even though, um, like, for instance, whenever Joe Rogan talks about DMT, even though I haven't done DMT, I, it, it it draws me in because he, he he's passionate about that shit. Yeah. So whenever, when you talk about what you talk about, uh, whether you're talking about Lady of Rage and anything hip hop related, you're talking about uh, Midnight Marauders. It, even if you're critiquing something, I just appreciate the honesty of it because not everything is for everybody, you know. And um, you know, we need that perspective. Well, yeah. When I look back at those episodes, uh, the the album reviews, they were very fun. And like sometimes you don't know why you don't like something; you just know you don't like it. <laughs> and that is as much as and I, I just remember the argument. Like, it's not arguments. It's like, what are you talking about? Like, I don't get it. Like, because we would rate each song and up to, like, out of five stars. And sometimes you just give it, like, two stars. And it, the others would give it, like, you know, four stars. And you're like, I don't know why I hated this so much, but I really didn't like this. Like, throw it in the bin. I never want to listen to it again. <laughs> well yeah and it's it's that's what makes it dope though because it's like yeah like i didn't fuck with this but you know like and then you look at your friends like how do you like this shit like <laughs> and that's like the best part of it where it's like you can banter and even with myself like i'll i'll like listen to something and i'm like i don't like this so why am i forcing myself to listen to this shit yeah i yeah and i don't know it, it sometimes depends on your mood but like yeah, like I said, I'm glad you like it. I'm glad that, you know, people appreciate uh, what I'm doing. And to be honest, when I started, I didn't think this was, like, a real possibility. Like, I thought, you know, 
you know, you have the dream, like the idea of this possibility, but I never thought that like I would be living it, if that makes sense. Oh, dude, I, I completely get that, you know? And I think when you, you know, whenever you're on a creative endeavor, I feel like it's peaks and valleys, you know what I mean? Like, I think that, you know, there, there are going to be times, like, I've gone through times where I'm just grinding and I see no results, but, but there are these, there are going to be peaks and valleys that come along, but as long as you're, you're continuously on the tracks, then I think you're continuously going up. So, it, I mean, like, for instance, like, I remember when I was, like, fortunate to work with King Los, I never, like, for instance, I'm just coming from, I'm coming from the perspective as a kid, when I first started rapping, I would look at that man's freestyles and I would be, like, threatened by how good of a rapper he was. I'm not going to lie. So I was like, it would be a dream for me to rap alongside King Los. And now that I have that record with him, it's it's like a pressure off my back. Like, oh, my God, I've worked with this guy. But now it's like, oh, no, now i got to worry about the next. <laughs> now yeah. I'm about to hit the Always valley. The next oh, I'm hitting the valley again. Like, you know, i got to wait. <laughs> I, I, I have my peak, I, I, but there's going to there's gonna be another climb up. And, you know, it, it's like that. Like, you're going, you're going to do, like, you're going to, like, I guarantee you are going to, like, hit some crazy interviews and you're going to be like, wait, how did I get this guy? And I've had those moments where I'm like, um, like this uh, artist, Guala Cobain, really dope artist. Like when um, I just reached out to him and I said, hey, man, I'm a fan of your music. I fuck with your music. Do you want to come on my podcast? And he said, yeah. And I'm like, okay. Like, um, and, and that's what makes it dope because it's like it's those unexpected things. Well, I actually experienced a very similar experience with DJ K Slay. He hasn't come on the show, but I'll, I'll, that's the that's the end to the story. But like when we reviewed Rolling Fifty Deep, the the fifty track, the fifty artists, all on the one song, twenty eight minutes. If you haven't checked it out, it's on YouTube. And Rolling One Hundred Ten Deep actually just dropped, so I'm gonna have to listen to that. But we reviewed uh, Rolling Fifty Deep, and then I tagged DJ K Slay, and then. He he commented on it and I said, "Hey man, it would be great to have you on the show." And uh, uh, sorry, he commented and then I just said, "Hey, it would be great." And he's like, "Yeah, let's do it." And I you, I cannot explain the celebration that I had. Like I was like in a shopping center and I was like fist pumping. I was with my ex girlfriend at the time, and um, and but it didn't come through. But like those are like those feelings that like. You know, if you get someone big or someone that you love, like it's like the the whole the whole thing is worth it. Dude, I want to actually I want to applaud you for that. Shout out to DJ K Slay, and uh, yeah, dude, you're definitely gonna get that interview, bro. I would I would hit him up one more, dude. You, that's fucking legit. Because listen, if he wrote that in the comments, bro, he said it in stone. So he has to go on your podcast. So DJ K Slate, brother, if you're listening, wish, my man, you better go on. You got to go on the podcast. You wrote it in the comments, G. Um, but no, dude, I, I get yeah. dude. That's super, that's super fucking awesome because all that is, dude, that's like when you're getting a shout out from a legend like him, bro, that means that you're doing something right. Just know that. You're doing something right when something somebody like K Slate acknowledges you. Like that's some real shit, bro. Like And, and like you should definitely like, that's like a feather. That's a fucking feather in your cap, bro. No, and uh, yeah, Lady of Rage commented on the review that we did. She listened to it, so she left a uh, her perspective on it as well. So, no, it's a, as I said, like sometimes it surprises me that people notice. Um, you know, I had et cetera um, hit me up and asked to be on the show. Like 
like I said, like everything that's happening, um, I don't really, sometimes I can't really comprehend. Um, And there are definitely times where I'm like, it's going nowhere. But then those little things, they remind you that you're on the right path when people hit you up. And, and, you know, to you as well, like when you message me saying, hey, I love what you're doing, like it, it just makes it all worth it because you're just reminded that you're on the right track. Oh, yeah, and, and that's the thing. It's like I, I know what it's like, too, where, you know, you're just going through it, and, like, those those little things, they, they help. You know, they, they give you motivation. They give you fuel. You know, they get, that encouragement uh, can do a lot. And it's like, you know, when I enjoy something, the last thing I want is, is someone to give up on it or stop doing it. Like, like I, I want people to, to keep doing what they love because I enjoy your show. I enjoy it as a listener. And, like, you know, I wanted to have you on my show. I want to go on your show. I wanted to do this because it's like I just want to show, like, for me, I'm all about collaboration. Like, I, I think the issue at times with hip-hop is um, it's like a gift and a curse. I think it's good that hip-hop can be competitive, but the curse of it is that people don't work together enough, and then, therefore, they kind of stifle themselves. So I feel like us having yeah, a conversation is important. Yeah, exactly, because us having this convo is important because we're setting the standard that even though we're podcasters in the hip-hop world, we're not competing against each other. We're working with each other because at the end of the day, it's you're doing your thing, I'm doing my thing. We're a little different. We do our shit differently, but we, we both are very passionate about the culture. And at the end of the day, that's all that matters. Real recognizes real. And, like, I, like the fact that you've gotten love from K Slay, Lady of Rage, and your 50-something podcast deep, bro, that you're on the right fucking track. That's all I got to say. You are... You're you're like full steam ahead. That's all. That's you know what I mean. You're full steam ahead on this shit. Yeah, honestly, the first year is the hardest. It's like you know they say the first million is the hardest. Well, it hasn't been a full year, and I haven't made a million yet. But one day. But no, nah, man. Like as I said, it's it's like uh, sometimes I can't believe it's happening, and then other times I'm like, this is taking forever. And it's the the weird amalgamation of what's happening in my own mind, and just trying to you know continue and. I made a commitment when I started the podcast post every day on Instagram every day for a year. And that is what I'm holding my word to. And, you know, as soon as you release, you release one episode every week. And I've been hitting that for 47 episodes have now dropped and I'll keep going. And, and that's the, the rhythm that I'm onto. So yeah, I think setting those goals, got to set them, got to make those commitments and, I kind of get through it because I talk about it all the time. I tell people what I'm going to do. And because I told them, I'm kept accountable. Yeah, no, you're you're good at that shit. You're better than me because I'll say some shit on the podcast and not come through. So you're better than me. <laughs> because if you listen to my show, like, I might say, yeah, I got this dropping next week, and it might come out next Thursday. Just, but that's good bro that you you're you're staying accountable from the jump and you know you're setting you're setting good goals you're saying i'm going to drop one a week i'm going to post once a day like that's a very smart way to go about it i think that's great because what you're doing is it's the compound effect um you know it, it's it's those little things that you do uh between between putting out a podcast that make the difference like posting every day like those kinds of things like i i'm not great about posting every day like i should I might post every other day. And it's one of those things where it's like like you doing that, like writing those things down and paying attention to the little things between the shows you drop and editing, et cetera, 
like that that makes a difference, man, and it's it's great. And I think those are like some of the elements that you know why you're, why you're catching this success, why you're like hearing from K Slay these OGs. It's because they respect what you say, and on top of that, you have a good quality show that they're gonna listen to. Well, I uh, look. I hope he listened to it. I'm not sure he did. I think he just saw the uh, the, the mention, the tag in the post. But, yeah, like, it's it's those little things. I always say it's like get 1% better every day. You know, the hard part is the end goal. But you can control the, like, little things that you do. So, like, yeah, like I said, like, that's, all, that's actually what I was going to ask you because I noticed that your podcast is, like, you release some really consistently and then you've got some midweek, like, what's your plan with like the the releasing of episodes because like i'm super structured like i am same time every week every monday australian Eastern standard time at like 1 a.m it drops so it comes in for people the, when they wake up in australia but um that's like my commitment like that's the same time so that won't change and if it does it'll change for a long period so like i like that consistency for me but how do you manage yours when you drop your like podcast that, that's a great question um yeah sometimes it's it's weird I've, I've had a few processes in these years and my goal is like like for instance so like in the beginning when i started doing it i uh, i didn't exactly have a set time because i was i'm doing music too i have job i have a etc practicing uh martial arts whatever so my time i would have to be smart and so what i would do um, when I first started, I would try to get two to three out a week, um, and yeah. without yes, with whatever it may be, um, I would start with that, and I was able to keep that consistent for a little bit. But then sometimes I might be only able to drop once a week, and then I would have times like literally where I think there was a time where I dropped a podcast like every day for a month. Like, I was, like, dropping every day, like, in just crazy wow. shit, and I got burnt out. Yeah, so I, I've gone through these periods, man, where I've gotten burnt out and I had to recover. So I'm at this point, you know, where I feel like I've gone through a lot of trial and error with this podcast that since I've been in Los Angeles, I have uh, looked for a couple of podcast studios, and I landed on one really good one. I was so happy to find them. And my goal is once um, I get in that studio, I want to drop, uh, drop once a week uh, drop a podcast, uh, a professional-looking podcast with the video in the studio. I want to drop one of those a week, and my goal is I would like to put those out every Monday or Tuesday. And I might also just do, like, a, a regular audio bonus podcast where I just, you know, get random. You know, it's like it can just be audio, and I can just put that out on, on a Friday or Friday or something just to have something to hold people over. But, um. Yeah, I've gone through these dips. I'm not going to lie. Like, whenever, like, there have been times I've had to work on an album, sometimes instead of dropping four podcasts a week, I go to two a week, you know, just because I need to work on my album and et cetera. But it, it really it really just depends. It really depends if I'm doing a solo podcast or if I'm working with a guest. It's, it, it's been such a smorgasbord of things. And then, of course, you have things in person in my that come up in your personal life that can distract you. But – Overall, man, I, I just think it's about the long journey. And if, if you – I wish I did it like you. I wish I was like, okay, I got to post one day uh, every day and I got to drop once a week because from there, I think it would have taken a little bit more pressure off me because I got really neurotic because I was watching Gary Vaynerchuk a lot and I thought I had to drop every day, drop a piece of content every day. 
and I should have, but I wasn't exactly being as controlled with it. And, um, you know, I think once I get into the podcast studio next month, I'll be able to um, kind of take it takes some of the stress off. I won't have to edit the video. I won't have to edit the audio too. I'll just be able to show up, do my thing, bring a guest in. So from there, I think it's going to be a lot more organized. But um, I got to say, this podcast has definitely yeah. been been crazy since I've been doing it. It's it's been a mix. You know, sometimes I'll be super consistent, and then I'm not gonna lie. Um, I think I took all of uh. I took all of May off. I, I dropped a podcast on the 30th, and then I took May off, and I literally just started dropping podcasts again this week. Yeah, I think, like, I don't know. For me, like, the, the, balance, the balancing act is, like, I want everyone to have enough time to be able to listen to a podcast before I release my next one. And so, like, I, I, I don't even ever envisage myself like dropping more than one a week. Like I know Joe Rogan does two and, and there are people who are doing two a week, but like you can only listen to so much. And I just feel like one a week, very manageable. It's really structured and you, but it's, it's all about consistency in the end. Like you said, it's all about your audience gets used to what you're doing. They know what to expect. So they are getting used to the fact that every single Monday, they know that there's going to be a new podcast. Oh yeah, and 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 that's the thing. I feel like with my podcast, I've gone through so many experimental stages. Like I did a podcast where I would play uh, music. I, it was like damn near like a radio podcast I did, where I was playing um, <laughs> underground artists I like. I had another podcast where I played only female rappers I like, and I would give them a little bit of an introduction. So it, it's definitely. I feel like I've had a lot of experimental pockets, but now I'm at a point where I really know what I want to do with the show. Uh, to professionalize it as far as uh, video production, those, those things to polish it up. But honestly, I, I wouldn't change it because I feel like like what I did, like having certain things be different at times, changing my theme song a couple times, like I like it like because I'm like, you know what? I went through some growth. I changed some things. I evolved. And I feel like I'm, I'm much more uh, comfortable and I'll be ready to make that transition into a actual podcast studio with, um, you know, camera setups, et cetera, and I'll be able to kind of just relax, just worry about the show, and then go from there, and I feel like my head will be a lot more clear to actually promote it, market it how I want, uh, just because I've had times where, yeah, I've lost the passion, uh, not lot lost the passion, but I've I've definitely have been less motivated with the yeah, podcast. Like the motivation, yeah. There, yeah, exactly, and I think next month, things are going to be a lot more central and organized. But, you know, like, it's definitely an end of an era. I think maybe one day people are going to look back uh, at my first uh, 200 and something podcast and be like, wow, Chase was a little all over the place. But you know what? Like, you know, uh, he was just trying to get his thoughts out there. And then when you look at the podcast I'm going to start doing next month, it, it's it's going to be like a different show, but not really. It's, it's still going to be me, but it's just going to be cleaner, organized. And, you know, I'm going to always put some chaos factor in this bitch. I got to put a little bit of chaos, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I got to put some chaos in this son of a bitch. But, um, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, it's I, – I got. I just want to say thank you because, uh, you know, like, I, I respect what you're doing, and it, it definitely – like, I want to step up my game, you know, because, um, yeah, it's, it's about consistency. And to be honest, like, man, like, dropping four or five podcasts a week, that shit isn't always sustainable. And I, I've learned this shit the hard way. And I've had to pay for it, you know, mentally. Um, so 
yeah, I just want to say, dude, you're the fucking shit, and I love your show. Now, I just want to, like, get that out there. Like, And I want, I encourage people who listen to my podcast, please go listen to the Hip Hop Hustle as well and put us both in your queue. Like, listen, like, get, let's get all the perspective you can. Yeah, cannot agree more. And I'm sure your audience as well appreciates your honesty. Like, you know, everyone makes mistakes, and there's no such thing as failure. Like, I look back on my first, interview and i think that was an absolute shit show um because it was just all over the place it was with don elway my very first guest and i always shout him out because he, he's the one who first took the chance to actually speak to me and was like you know kind enough for the time but man i was horrible on that so uh i think we've all been there we've all done some shitty episodes but you're not a real podcaster if you don't look back and kind of cringe at what you put out there but it makes you better in the long run you just got to know that like there's no such thing as perfection but it's all about the the journey to perfection it's all about you know wanting to be the best and i know that i'll never be perfect but i will always strive to be perfect and that's what is the motivator that's like you know if you can get as close as you can to that then you're doing something right dude yeah it's it's very true like just just really i've been i've been trying to focus on letting go like just letting go of expectations and just realizing okay i just got to show up do what i need to do and that's it and just let go of the expectation because i feel like expectation has been my enemy like because whenever i when i expect something it usually doesn't go well you know what i mean but but when i kind of let things ride it, it works out better for me in the end and it works out for everyone else in the end so I've I've just let go to the idea that there's an end. You know what I mean? I don't think that there's an end ever. I think even when we die, whatever, like, I'm not saying I'm religious, but I just don't think that there is an end to this energy. Like, no matter what, we got this energy, and we got to put it into something. Yeah. No, I agree. And you, and for everyone who has a similar energy or who is wondering what they can do, it doesn't have to be podcasting, but it's just got to find something. You've got to put your energy to something. I always encourage people to find a creative outlet because I don't know about like, you know, most of, most of our audiences probably work in nine to five. They're hustling and I still work in nine to five, but you know, this podcast keeps me sane. So I, I recommend, you know, finding something that allows you to keep part of your soul. And, and uh, hopefully one time, hopefully at some point you can go full time with something that you love, but it's kind of the, the real message is you just sometimes got to go for for, for what you love rather than uh, just, you know, sticking in the grind. Exactly, you know, because um, you don't, you just don't want to look back at things and regret stuff. Like, because at the end of the day, you know, we're young people. Like, we're in our 20s. We have the chance to do something. Let's pursue it. And, you know, I, I, I believe age is just a number two. I believe that people should always pursue what they love. And I, I am also a believer that we're going to see – uh, we're gonna reap those fruits of success soon. I, I think you will. I think whatever, whatever, whether it's financial, whether it's um, any anything, like it can be spiritual. Like I think there are spiritual things that I reap from doing this podcast because I learn from people. You know, there's I haven't been to every city. I haven't been to Australia. Like I, I learn from uh, people when I speak to them, and I think that this podcast has been a big educational tool. And I, I always like again, like I, I sometimes I show up on this podcast, I feel like I'm the guest. Like, cause I'm just, I'm just soaking things in and, um, yeah, like, and I'm just very happy. Like you, you went out, you 
you wanted to do this, like have this conversation because it's like I I've just dealt with so many like people who who can be like fake and like just not not really honest and I I just appreciate you just being a real fucking guy like just a real fucking person like that is just one thing I appreciate just like you're a real fucking dude you love the music and that's what counts to me like everything else can fall to the wayside you love the music and you're a fucking cool regular real dude that's why I fuck with same here man look I I feel the same way about you and can't be anything other than yourself and us yeah you'll get the same thing from me you might get like a my, the most extroverted version of me when I'm doing these podcasts. But like I said, there's no lie in this. Like I'm not putting on a character or anything like that. So, um, yeah, but you, at the end of the day, people can tell uh, what's fake and what's not. And so you just got to keep it real. Oh, a hundred percent, man. Like a hundred thousand percent, like everything. Like, I, and I would say, yeah, like, I mean, I, <laughs> this is definitely the most extroverted, extroverted version of myself as well. Because I have my times where I can definitely be more reserved, but this podcast has helped make me, has actually helped me with my social skills a bit more. It's definitely made me a lot more um, just trusting, you know what I mean? And like I said, I, I think that doing this stuff, creating this kind of content, it's it's definitely, you have to love it. You have to love it. You can't just not fuck with hip-hop and then do hip-hop content. you got to fuck with it. The thing is, you can, but it just won't last. You can like if, like if you don't like hip hop, you can try, but you won't last ten episodes because it's not what you think it is. Like you know, someone told me the other day the average podcast lasts eight episodes. The average lasts eight. So when I look at yours and you're on two hundred, and I look at mine plus fifty, you know, we're in the minority. Like the average is only eight episodes, so it just shows how easy it is to start it, but how hard it is to keep it going yeah you know i mean we're beating the odds like every like that's the thing like we are beating the odds and and that's the thing even though like it doesn't always feel like that like when you're showing up and you're putting your best foot forward you're beating the fucking odds because that's the thing podcasting like like you said most people don't make it past eight podcasts you know and you have like literally you have 43 more than eight so think about that it's like you have all this stuff and you've made it past that threshold. And I think once you make it past that threshold where most people fall off and you get past that, where most people fail, I think that says something because then from there, a lot of the pressure can kind of fall away and you just realize, okay, there's nothing to it, but to do it. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, I did not release one episode until I had 10 recorded. So I, I always had enough. Like, I never wanted to be one of those podcasters. And I don't know if you ever got there, but I can only imagine how stressful it is, but to be out of content. Like I never want to, like, be, like you can ask my, my brothers. They they know I'm paranoid about it. Like I'm just, uh, and if I don't have enough, I'm like, I just will message so many artists and just like I start getting, becoming like a salesperson again. Just like, you know, outbound hustling and just trying to get people on the show. But, um, yeah, no, I'm thankful I've never gotten close to running out of content. I'm just a bit paranoid like that. Well, well it's that kind of, you know, like paranoia. It's like this paranoia, though, for it's it's called you stress, is what you're saying, where you're stressed, but it's it's the kind of stress that's helping you get shit done because you know that it's not going to, it's not going to, the work isn't going to do itself. You know what I mean? 
And I just want to say, like, yeah, like, that's very smart of you to do that because, man, oh, man, I didn't do that. Like, for you to have 10 ready is smart because I was my shit was like dominoes. I was getting my shit cooked up, ready in the oven, uh, <laughs> dropping it the next day. <laughs> but, um, but you know, like, that's the thing, though. Like, it's like you you having this drive, like, looking for interviewer, look, I mean, looking for interviews, looking for, for uh, artists. What you're doing is great because each time you reach out to an artist, bro, you're making their day. Like, because you're reaching out to them and you're saying, hey, I want to have you on my show so we can talk about how dope you are. Like, what you're doing is, like, you are definitely making that artist day. And then they go to their girlfriend and they're like, oh, I, I, they feel like, for real, like, like, what you're doing is, like, it's, you're, you're definitely, like, helping people. You're encouraging them to keep doing what they do because it's, it's real out here. And, you know, it's, it's definitely tough. And when you're, like, as straightforward and honest about it, like, the paranoia of it, you, I know what you mean where it's like, oh, I need to find people. I need to keep, keep this going. I need to keep, keep this thing growing. It's fucking wild, and just so, and just know, like, you know, like you, you're on the right path, and like, and there are gonna be times where maybe you might need a break, and that's okay. Like, you might need a, a week or two, and then, and that's fine. Like, I think the thing is, like, your your listenership is gonna be understanding that you are human, that things happen in life, you know, and that's okay. And I, I have faith in you that you're never gonna stop, and I have faith that you're gonna keep going because, again, you made it past the first eight. Yeah, look, uh, yeah, that's my plan is not to stop. Um, <clears throat> and like, I've actually thought about if I took a holiday, what would I do? And to be honest, it would just be like record more episodes so that I don't ever have to stop during those weeks where I'm not re- actively recording. But yeah, no, it's it's, uh, it's just one of these things. I've always, I've, it's all about consistency in the end, and that you know the hustle that people don't see as much as the hustle that people do see, and you know. Uh, I like what you said about making an artist today. I did try. Someone said to me, have you tried getting Kanye or like someone that big? Because I, I reckon they wouldn't get that many people asking. And I was like, you know what? That's not a bad theory. And I tried to hit up Kanye. Unfortunately, I didn't seem to make his day because he didn't respond. But um, <laughs> that's like the pipeline dream where I can hit up Kanye and he can come on the show. Yeah, well, Kanye is Kanye is a complicated person. Um, <laughs> let's just say the least, he's, he's complicated, so you don't need to feel bad about that. And plus, I think when people get so famous or whatever, that a lot of shit is like a game of telephone. You know, it, it's like they got managers, agents, you know, whatever, dietitians, weed rollers, sandwich makers, whoever the fuck. You know, they, they got a person for everything. So, yeah. Oh, I, I did I, legitimately I, believe I'd get Kanye. I, it was like a... You know, it's like that one in the hundred, like the the Rocky Balboa kind of story where, you know, everybody wants him and then somehow he ends up on this Australian podcast. Like that was what I was banking on. But, uh, yeah, it didn't dishearten me at all. I didn't really have high hopes that Kanye would directly respond to me and be like, oh, yeah, yeah, sure, I'll go on this podcast. But but you know what, man? I really – it wouldn't surprise me, though, if down the line you did interview him because – like I said, things take time to grow, and it's like, again, man, like, you're you're just getting better with it. So it wouldn't surprise me if you did interview him down the line, like, not far down the line either. Like, it's it's really just, like, it's weird. It's, it's like, like, certain artists, like, when they get to a certain level, it's just a tough thing because there are – it's like they have an army you got to go through before you get to them. Yeah. You know, and that's a tough thing. Yeah, it's like, like it's like government. Like the government, like it's just 
bureaucracy. Dude, you put it in the best way. It is bureaucracy. It's like going to the IRS. And I've tried. Trust me, I've I've dealt with some managers, and some of them are tough. Some of them are very tough, but you know they're looking after their clients. So I get it. Like that's what I would expect if they were my manager. That they look, they do everything right. So you know they're just doing their job. Oh yeah, you know, but yeah, that's the thing though. Like management, management can be tough. It's 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 tough because when you're dealing with people in the business who they they are yeah you know like maybe they're asking for too much you know like you might be dealing with some prima donna type drama um that that's where it can kind of like throw me into a spin personally but it, most of the time i realize is like a lot of my guests uh i reach out to them i might message them on instagram sometimes i get emails a lot of the times and and there are people i i still like um have in my email that i plan on interviewing and stuff like that but yeah, man, I, I think that, like, it just comes down to that consistency and your persistence. You know, I believe that if you keep growing and doing your thing, I, I you're going to interview Kanye West. I, you're going to interview Eminem. You're going to interview Nas. And you're going to tell Nas that I think Illmatic is not his best album. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's going to ask message, you where I live. a message from Chase, by the way. Nas, thank you for coming on the show. But here's a message that Chase wants to pass on. Imagine that. But tell nah, him, tell him like, I think Stillmatic is, is the best work and just leave it at that. Uh, <laughs> I think Godson. You know what's crazy? I think Stillmatic and Godson, two of my favorite, those, I think those are my favorite Nas albums. And Illmatic is there too. Don't get me wrong. Illmatic is definitely in there. But I, I think if I had to rate Nas's albums, I think for me, I, I love top three Nas albums. I think it's Godson, Illmatic, uh, no, Godson, Stillmatic, Illmatic. <laughs> Well, look, it's hard to be disappointed with Nas, to be honest. So, no, I miss. mean, so, yeah, I, I doubt that, you know, it's going to be, it. like, I, I think there might be some people who would agree with you. Um, if you said it was a shit album, I think that's when you might be ostracized from hip hop. Oh, it's definitely um, not shit. It's yeah. a beautiful <laughs> album. It's not shit. Listen, I have bought, I have bought Illmatic three times. I have bought Illmatic three times. I bought the 20th anniversary and the 10th anniversary, and uh, I bought the OG version. So by any means, it is not a shit album. It is a classic. It is a beautiful classic album, and I think it is one of. I think it's. I, I think Nas has a couple classics. I think Stillmatic is classified as a classic. I think Illmatic is a classic, and you know, um, maybe it's tough. I would argue Godson is a classic, but I don't think the public would agree. But um, you know, there are certain things like um, yeah, I, I think that's where I'd put it. But I, I do think Illmatic is a great, great, amazing project. So yeah, you're not going to get hate, I don't think. I think that your opinion is fair. Like you didn't say it was bad; you just said it's not your favorite Nas album. It is fair, but I'm not going to lie. I kind of want the smoke. So it's, I want the listeners <laughs> to be pissed at me, bro. No, I want the smoke. I hate not. Uh, no, bullshit. I'm joking. Um, quote, no. quote, Chase says he hates Nas. <laughs> no, 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 no. All right, people, I'm bullshit. No, no, I'm joking. Actually, when Nas won his Grammy, I made sure to do a podcast specifically congratulating him because I think it's a travesty that he's been along so long in the mainstream music world and he didn't win a Grammy. I thought that was a travesty, so I'm happy he actually got his due. Yeah. 
I see, I don't know. For me, like Grammys don't mean that much when it comes to hip hop because historically hip hop has never been really that well represented. Like true hip hop hasn't been very well presented in uh in the Grammys. So all I care about is just artists releasing good music and if they get the props, they get the props, but regardless we'll give them the props. So um yeah, I don't know. I just feel I feel strange about those awards that I feel it's always weird that people award like it's all opinion, like we discussed at the beginning of the show. Like it's weird that some people's opinion mean that you get an award and other people's mean that you don't get an award. Like it just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, it's very well, yeah, that's what I mean. Like with the Grammys, I've have many I've I've definitely talked shit on the granny Grammys the Grammys the Grammys many a times. And uh you know, I, I feel the same way as you. I think it's all subjective. And if I had it my way, all five of those albums nominated would get something. Like, because Freddie Gibbs, Alfredo was incredible. Royce the Five Nine, uh, the the Allegory album was amazing. And again, it's 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 disappointing when like you know only one can win, and it's all very contrived, opinionated, and it's political. On top of that, it's really just political. Yeah. And you take all that shit away, it really comes down to just people talking about music. Yeah, but yeah, I agree. And another album we reviewed, the first album that we ever released was The Allegory. So, um, yeah, like Royce, one of my favorite artists, that's for sure as well. That album, and, and just the fact Royce uh, produced that album, it, I tip my hat off to Royce the Five Nine just because he proves that you can get better in every field as an MC, uh, as a producer, as a hip hop artist. Because I, no one was looking at Royce like a producer. And he he literally produced an incredible album uh, by himself. And, you know, I think it really complements his writing well. And I would say that he is, I think some of his best songs are on the allegory that he's ever done. So I, I tip my hat off towards the 5'9". He's an incredible MC. He's incredible. I think from memory, I only rated that album three stars out of five. So it didn't impress me as much. And I know people love it, but again, I've been a Royce Five Nine fan since the beginning, so I've been loving his work for ages. I just found his flows way too slow. I just needed a little bit more upbeat, so he he lost a few points for for mine. But um, it, yeah, it's still incredibly impressive the the sound quality and the beats that he put together, and that he put the whole album together. Like it is incredibly rare for an artist to be able to make an album write all his own lyrics and make the own, his own beat. No, that's very tough. And and especially for someone like him, like he could really just, he could go to anybody. Like he really could literally go to anybody and he has that access. And for him to do that, I think it's a good example to set for younger artists and shit because it, it shows the value of independence, even when you're at a higher level, maybe business-wise or commercially. Yeah, oh, I just, yeah. And he's still releasing things. He's yeah. I, I cannot speak highly enough of Royce. I think he's he, one of those MCs, and he's shown he's and like you said, he got better with age, which is so rare for an artist. Usually, it goes the other way around, and he's literally defied time. That's yeah. There is something to say about him because his career, like Royce, at some point he needs to write a book about his career because I think it's it's going to have a lot of lessons in it. Uh, everything he's gone through in his early days, reconnecting with, with Eminem, doing what he did solo. I feel like, I mean, one of my personal favorite Royce album is um, Success is Certain. 
And uh, I think Layers yeah. is dope, and I think Street Hop is also underrated. Well, I think, to be honest, I think Street Hop is still my favorite. Um, I, and I, I, collab I see, I actually, uh, actually, he's, and he's collabed with Eminem, Bad Meets Evil, held the sequel. That is an unreal album as well. And I also think he beat Eminem on that album. I think his, his bars are better. So, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I can't speak highly enough of that project. Dude, and, and yeah, like, yeah, dude, in Street Hop, thank you for mentioning that project because that album is fucking flames, bro. Like, thank you for uh, for mentioning Street Hop. Like, I just want to say that from the bottom of my heart. Yeah. Oh, no need to thank me. I'm like, I'm just glad you like it as well. Like, it's so good. And Twister is on there. Like, he just, it's just so good. It's so raw. Like, yeah. Um, and then, and then we can't forget about the first Slider album. The first Slaughterhouse oh, yeah. album, was, he also showed out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and King Crooked, another one that I'm a huge fan of. Like, I, it took me a while to, I used I used to prefer um, Joel Ortiz, but now i got to say, I think King Crooked, he, he, he's close to my favorite, along with Royce. And then uh, Joe Budden's, his voice is, is a bit monotone, so that's what does it for me. He's not, he's not my favorite, but... Um, yeah, Slaughterhouse is absolute fire. They've got some unbelievable music. I I agree, and like you know, I, I know like they recently. Um, I know like I wouldn't say they broke up. I mean, I guess you could say that, but I think you know that they're as a group, they're great. And uh, even though they retired the, the Slaughterhouse name and everything, I I uh, wish the best for everybody. I know everyone has been pretty fruitful in their career. I know Crooked Eye has been working, dropping great music. He dropped an album with Static Selecta. Joel's busy, um, and Joe Button. You know, shout yeah. out to Joe Button. Even though he's been having some issues uh, with uh, Rory and Mall and certain things in the media, I wish Joe Button the best because, at the end of the day, Joe Button is a hip hop podcaster and he has been doing a good job leading the charge. And you know, like at the end of the day, I do respect the fact that, agree or disagree, he does always speak his mind. So I'll, I'll give him that. Yeah, yeah. No, that's very, very true. So yeah, I, it's it's hard to throw shade on on successful people, and there's literally yeah, I, that's why we don't do it. Like just just you know, just thankful there are so many good uh, MCs and good rappers out there. Hell yeah! No, this this has been an awesome convo, man, and uh, I look forward to doing this again with you. Um, I I appreciate you. I appreciate your show. I appreciate what you're doing uh, for other artists. What you're doing for yourself to build the brand to build your show up, to, to show the world your passion. I just want to say thank you, Aaron. You're, you're really fucking awesome. And to all my listeners, please, please go check out the Hip Hop Hustle. Make sure to go show Aaron some love. Drop five stars. Leave a, leave a nice comment. You know, do what you can. Do what you got to do. Uh, give, my man, give my man some listens. Check out his episodes. And, yeah, dude, just thank you. I, I just want to thank you a million times over for coming on the show. It means a lot. And, uh, hell, yeah, like, I, I look forward to doing this a lot more. Yeah, man. Look, thank you for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. And um, yeah, check out the Hip Hop Hustle podcast, uh, obviously on iTunes, Spotify, Google as well. Follow, give me a follow on Instagram. I'm also on TikTok, trying to release a few things on TikTok. So always keeping the hustle. And we'll also start to have episodes come through on Twitch as well. So you can actually listen live to, to interviews. So um, there's a lot happening. Um, but yeah. It's all about keeping that, that hustle consistent. And, yeah, thank you, Chase. I really appreciate it. And, 
you know, it's, it's a real pleasure and a real honor for me to be able to jump on a podcast like this that's been around for, for four years, 200 plus episodes. And, um, you know, when, when I get love from, from people like yourself, it just keeps that motivation going through. So I cannot speak more highly of yourself as well. Dude, like I said, thank you. Like, like each podcast that I do, it feels like, um, it feels like, you know, we're getting in, like we're Thanos and we're getting those infinity stones on our gauntlet. Like it's, you just get stronger with this shit. And, and at the end of the day, man, like, um, like I'm a fan of your show. Like I, I'm legit, like I don't bullshit. Like when I like something, I like, I like an artist. I like their music. I like a podcast. I want to talk to the podcaster. And, you know, I just want to say, dude, just keep doing your thing. I think you're very consistent. I think you're very smart. I appreciate your savviness, and I think that a lot of people can learn from you when it comes to drive and consistency. And just, yeah, just just thank you, man. You really, like, showed up, and uh, you were great, man. We, we had an awesome convo, and I think my listeners are going to love it. I think your listeners are going to love it, and uh, I'll make sure to promote this and do this podcast to the listeners. The listeners should be listening to this on Monday. Today is a Friday, so I'll have some time to do some promotion over the weekend for the show. So um yeah no this is a, a quick great release time. man you're you're on top of it quick release quick release oh dude I appreciate that man I, I wish it was, <laughs> like, for me a quick release is like no, dropping you, this right after we do the podcast uh mate you have no idea I don't drop mine for like two months that's out so like yeah your your quick is yours. That's smart too, though. You don't. What you're doing is fucking smart. I'm a fucking chimp. I'm throwing. <laughs> I'm going chimp mode. You know. Hey man. Hey, success looks uh looks many ways. So no, you keep doing what you're doing. Like like I said, like you're you're showing the rest of us what to do, and we're learning lessons. So no, I appreciate you you having me on, and I can't wait for the drop. And uh, I'm gonna have to start promoting this as well. Hey, yeah, and as do I. And like I said, brother, I'll be on your show very soon. And uh, once I get my definitely. new studio, bro, you're, you're definitely going to be one of the first guests to come on. So, hell yeah, thank you. And uh, I look forward to hearing from you again, my friend. Ladies and gentlemen, Adam Berkovich. Sounds good, man. Appreciate it, and I can't wait to speak to you again. Hell yeah. Well, have a great night, brother. Thank you.